welcome to this episode of the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, where we inspire your faith and your pioneer roots. Today is episode number 88, and I'm super excited to dive into one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, you guys, is canning food at home. So specifically, I get asked this question fairly frequently, and I think it's a really good question to dive in and answer and kind of dissect and look at because I think when we're doing anything, you know, well, really anything, not just necessarily homesteading and that kind of a thing and and saving money and being frugal and um, self-sufficient and all those wonderful things that we love here on the Pioneering Today podcast, but we really need to evaluate and make sure that it is worth doing um, and that it's really benefiting us. And I think from time to time, it's super important that we kind of step back and do that evaluation on the things that we're spending our time on. So today, specifically, we are talking about home canning. Is home canning really worth it? And does it save money to can at home? Because I get asked this a lot, and especially by people who are just wanting to get into canning um, and are kind of just starting out. And it's a very legitimate question. And I think it's really important for us to know exactly what it's costing us. So that's what we're diving into today. So home canning is a wonderful, old-fashioned tradition. Many people remember their grandma or their great-grandma canning, and they want to learn how to can, but they wonder, is it really worth it? So there's several things that we have to consider. For one, especially when we're comparing the cost and the prices of home canning, is we have to make sure that we're comparing things realistically and item for item in the store. Very first thing that you have is your cost of canning equipment. So first off, there's the cost of the jars, and I actually just purchased a case of jars brand new that had the lids and the band on them, and they were on sale at our local hardware store, and it was $8.99 a dozen, but we're only going to be reusing the bands and the jars. You can't reuse the lids, not the regular metal lids anyways. We'll talk about that in just a minute. So I divided that down. And that's 75 cents a jar for the first year or for one-time use. I have a lot of jars that are over 15 years old. Some of them are even older than that. Some of them I bought new when I first really started getting into canning. And some of them have been handed to me. My husband's grandma doesn't can anymore. She had a whole bunch of jars, so she passed those on to me. So some of them could be 30 years or more older. But I'm still using them. So if you were to divide down that jar by 15 years, and that would be just one use if you were just using it once a year for 15 years, that brings the cost of that jar down to just five cents. Now, as far as buying jars new, I have to say that I've actually found the best prices has been at our smaller town local hardware stores. Um, I have looked online and I mean, of course, you can get them if you have Amazon Prime and you're not paying the shipping and they'll send them to you from there for sure. But truthfully, even compared to the big box stores and stuff, the best prices that I have found is if I can catch them on a sale at our local hardware store. And even their regular prices are usually even cheaper than some of the big stores in town. So definitely check out, um, I believe ours is an Ace Hardware store. So anyways, check out some of those smaller hardware stores or your feed store or local farming store. Usually they have canning supplies and they'll run sales. So I highly recommend that you check them out first as far as doing your price comparison if you're having to purchase the jars new. Now, 
the best better yet is like I just mentioned, I got a lot of canning jars from my husband's grandma when she decided to stop canning when she wasn't physically able to do that anymore. So you can oftentimes get used jars. So from families and friends and neighbors, garage sales, thrift stores, you know, Goodwill, all those places. And that brings the cost of them. Well, if we're getting them free, then obviously they're free. But even if you're just paying a small amount per jar, usually it's like almost pennies if you reuse them. So when purchasing used jars, there's a few things to keep in mind. The antique jars, so not the replicas, but the truly antique jars, the blue and the green especially, or even some of those older clear glass ones, um, I do not can in my antique jars anymore. Um, the You know, the glass is really old. They actually are kind of valuable. And so I will use those to store dry goods and things like that in my home, but I don't use them to actually can with. So you can make that decision on your own. I just personally don't. So when you're purchasing used jars for canning, make sure that you run your finger over the rim of the jar so where the lid would sit directly on that rim to make sure that there aren't any like hairline nicks or cracks and of course visually inspect it too but also use your finger because sometimes they're so small you don't necessarily catch them with your eye but you will feel them with your finger and the reason that you don't want to use those jars for canning is because if there's a nick or a crack it's going to inhibit them from sealing properly so if they're like the really big jars you know like the half gallons and those kind of things and you need some extra dry storage jars they're still perfectly fine for that as long as it's not like a big nick or crack they're going to get cut on or something um so you know i use those jars like i mentioned for my dry goods herbs and rice and sugar and all those kinds of fun things so next we have to talk about the cost of the lids and usually when people talk about the cost of canning lids always come up because you're always purchasing lids new every year so regular lids where i live are usually a buck 99 a box so that makes them, you know, roughly about 16 cents a piece. So if I add the cost of the jar that I have been reusing for over the years, which is where I'm at right now. So this is actually my literal cost to can a jar of food for me. It puts it at about 20 cents a jar for the lid and the jar together. Now, if you use Tatler lids, so these are the only safe reusable canning lid that you can reuse time after time after time. There are two piece lid there's a thick rubber ring that goes right on top of the rim of the jar and then it's a white plastic bpa free it's a white plastic lid that goes on top of that rubber ring and then you use your regular canning band and then that's how you can so those you can reuse because that rubber ring is thicker than the rubber on the metal canning lids so that makes them to be able to reuse time and time and time again and I will put a link in the show notes so that you can go and look if you want to look at the Tatler lids. I actually did a um, post, I have a blog article on using those, how you use them. It's a little bit different process than using the regular canning lids, kind of my review of them and what I think about them. But you can check those out. Now those, for a regular mouth canning lid, for a box of 12, for a dozen, it's $9. So it's definitely more of an upfront cost which brings your first use down to 75 cents a lid for the Tatler lids. But depending upon the number of years you reuse those bands, then you can bring your cost down to 15 cents a jar in just five years, or it would be seven cents a jar in 10 years. So uh, the Tatler lids are really cool, like I said, because they are reusable. So that's something you want to consider, but it is an upfront more of an upfront cost when you first purchase those. So I have I still use a mixture. I do some of the Tatler lids and then I just still do some of the regular ones because 
I put up anywhere from 300 to 500 jars of food throughout the year, and I don't have that much money to buy that many of the Tatler lids at once as an upfront cost, so I just kind of keep slowly adding them in to my canning supplies. So that brings us to the cost of the canning equipment as far as the jar and the lids. So we also need to talk about, of course, canning equipment-wise, your canner. Now, if you're just doing fruits and jams and jellies and your acidic foods, then you can just do a water bath canner. And you don't even actually have to purchase a water bath canner in order to safely water bath can. You need a large pot. And then you have to have some kind of rack on the bottom so that your jars of food are not sitting directly on the heat source or on the bottom of the pot. But what you can do if you don't actually have a water bath canner that came with a rack is you can take the bands that you're not using and, and put them in a layer on the bottom of the pot and then set your jars on that and that acts like a makeshift rack. Uh, you can also do where you fold a twist up dish towels and then put them like in a sink-like pattern in the bottom and then put the jars on top of that. And the reason is because we need those jars lifted up off that heat source on the bottom so that they're not in direct contact with the heat source because that could be too hot and it could cause hot spots and could cause them to crack. And the other reason is whenever you are canning, you need the heat to pass all the way around the jar to make sure it fully penetrates through the jar of food and the contents to kill bacteria spores. So that's why we need to have it lifted up. So with the water bath canning, if you don't have a water bath canner, or even if you do and you're using one, the pot needs to be tall enough that the boiling water covers the top of the jar of food by at least one to two inches as it's boiling during your processing time. So if you have a large tall enough pot that can handle that with the jars, then go ahead and use that. You don't need to purchase a water bath canner. Um, I have a water bath canner. I have used a large pot. I even use my pressure canner to water bath can at times. But if you plan on canning vegetables, which for me is where really being able to can vegetables and meats and combination recipes is where the saving costs really come in, you will need a pressure canner, which is a price. It's a cost. It's an investment. It's an expense, right? So when I first started canning, which was over 16 years ago on my own, I grew up canning with my mom. But on my own, when I got when we got married, um, I started out, I think it was about an $80 at that point, which most of them still are kind of your intro pressure canners. What, so if you divide, if I divided that down by the 16 years that I've had and used that canner, it's about five bucks a year. Okay, that's very, very affordable. If I divided that $5 a year by 300 jars, that I do a year on average, um, that's like a penny per jar to use the pressure canner, which is really, really frugal still. Now this past year, my husband got me the all-American pressure canner, and we got the 21 and a half quart, which doesn't fit that many quarts, that's how many quarts of water it holds in size. But it allows me to can over twice as many jars at once. So it's like the best Christmas present ever. I'm still excited about it. And it's been like, what, eight months since Christmas? <laughs> so even with the higher price tag, because the All-American Pressure Canner is more expensive. It's kind of considered like the, you know, the prestige of the canners. And for a long time, I'm like, I don't know if that, you know, I didn't have one. Kind of always eyeballed them. But I'm like, I don't know that it's really, is it really worth that much more money? Well, it depends on where you're at. You know, if you don't have that money to spend, then don't purchase it. But if you really plan on being a canner for life, then I am so excited that I got one and I think it is worth the investment to save up for it. And so here's why. It is so much bigger. So I, before in my smaller pressure canner, I could can 
regular mouth seven pint jars at a time, wide mouth five pints at a time, or if I was doing quarts, only four quarts at a time. With this larger All-American pressure canner, I can do up to 19 pints of food at a time, you guys. So even with this higher price tag on the All-American pressure canner, if I had it for 16 years, which they will last a lifetime and generations, I pan on, you know, eventually when I stop canning, um, whenever that day may come, I would pass it on to my daughter. So it could definitely be passed down. Um, if you have a family member, I know some people have said, well, I got an All-American canner that was my mom's or my grandma's. Yeah, you just, you, they, they can be passed down there. It's amazingly well-made product, all made in America, hence the name, which is pretty cool. So if I divided that by the 16 years on that All-American pressure canner that I that would use that, it would be 16 bucks a year. And then, of course, every additional year that you use it is going to go down your, your cost per year. I'm not saying a pressure canner isn't an investment, but when you count up how much you'd spend out going out to eat over a year, even if you go out as a family, like say once a month to eat, you probably, for a family of four, are going to spend at the minimum $30. And if it's like at an actual sit-down restaurant, it's probably going to be a lot more. If you count that up for a year, what you would spend going out, that pressure canner is paid for and then some. We still have to talk about, when we're talking about, is the cost of produce or ingredients that's going into the canning sharks. That's definitely a factor. So here on our homestead, we grow the majority of things that we can at home. We grow enough tomatoes to make all of our tomato sauce, uh, my stewed tomatoes for the year, and salsa for the year. Those are things that I never purchase from the grocery store. Green beans, blueberries, raspberries, all of our homemade jams and jellies. I don't ever purchase that from the store. Blackberries to make homemade fruit syrup. Those are all things that I grow here on the homestead, so I don't have the cost of purchasing that produce or food to then can it up and put it on the shelf at home to eat throughout the winter. But if you're even with growing a lot of our own things ourselves here at home, home, I still have to purchase some of the produce that I want in order to can things up. Peaches. Um, I can buy a box approximately about 20 pounds of peaches for about 18 bucks. And so I still do purchase peaches. I don't actually have a peach tree that's producing yet on our homestead. I purchased that. Um, I usually have to buy a few peppers for salsa, concentrated lemon juice, and store-bought vinegar for canning, that's at least 5%, uh, strawberries, and asparagus. I purchase these in season, and I buy them in bulk, and I try to get them from a local farmer if possible. If not, then I go to like a local farmer's market, or U-Pick is great. You can save a lot of money if you go to a U-Pick farm versus just purchasing it at the grocery store. And even when I go, we have like a little local vegetable stand um, alongside the road. And I say local, but I drive an hour to get there <laughs> to our big town. But if I go there and I say, hey, I'd like to get a box of this, then they will still cut me a discount versus if I just, you know, go and grab it off the shelf. So a lot of times I'll have boxes in the back. And if you say, hey, if I buy, you know, a complete box of this, can you give me a discount? They usually give me at least 10% off. Definitely ask, even if you don't see it up, say if I buy in bulk, will you give me a discount? A lot of places, especially like that when they're independently owned, not a, a chain type thing, um, will totally do it. So it never hurts to ask. And I know even though I'm still purchasing that food, I pay a lot less than I would at the grocery store, especially if I was purchasing that same amount of food in the grocery store in the middle of winter. And in the middle of winter, when our growing season here in the Pacific Northwest is not really happening, that is when I rely on our home canned goods. So I go shopping from our pantry all the time when we're preparing meals and what we're eating. And then I just try to supplement what we've put up at home at the grocery store. 
If you're growing the produce at home and canning it, then the price is less than 25 cents a jar. If you're purchasing the produce, it's going to vary upon obviously what price that you're paying, the type of produce it is. But usually, even if you're still having to purchase the food that's going into the jar, it's still going to be less than $2 per jar of finished product. I want to do a price comparison on the home canned food to the store-bought because a lot of times this is where people are like, well, I know that I can go to the store and I can grab a can of green beans for like a buck fifty or something, right? You have to compare the true cost of the jar filled with food Oranges to oranges, or in this case, let's do green beans to green beans. The green beans that I grow are an heirloom variety, totally organic and natural. I don't use any pesticides or stuff on our soil or on the green beans. They're allowed to mature on the vine. They're hand-picked, and they're processed and canned the day that they're picked. So this means that there's no nutrient loss due to time off of the vine when they've been picked and sitting before being processed. They're in a glass jar, not a metal jar that could leach questionable ingredients into the finished product. Same thing with my home canned tomato product. They're organic, they're vine ripened, and hello, the flavor, I'm telling you, you haven't lived until you have tasted tomatoes ripened on the vine like they're supposed to be and then turned into sauce. The flavor profile of that tomato sauce is so much better than anything you get at the store. Just saying. Then again, they're usually processed on the same day that they're picked and in a glass jar with acidic foods, especially your tomato products that are acidic, I do not buy tomato products that are in metal because acidity reacts with metal and can draw so much into there from whatever is in the metal. So for me, if I have to buy a tomato product at the store, it has to be in a glass jar, which all of your home canned food is in glass jars. And that's a, that's a big difference too. A lot of times I'll see people do price comparisons done with like the cheapest can that they can find somewhere like at the dollar store or something. And that's not a true price comparison. Where I live, if I was to go and purchase a jar of organic tomato sauce that was in a glass jar, it's upwards of about four bucks a jar. The next thing that we got to talk about, of course, right there, home canned food is, in my opinion, it's healthier because you're processing it so quickly. It's going from the garden, the vine, to the jar really quick. And it's allowed to fully mature on the vine. Now, this is if you're growing it yourself or if you're going to a U-Pick farm and you're, you're truly picking it. But even usually smaller local farmer markets, it's allowed to mature on the vine. It's not being shipped halfway across the country. So the food that you're putting into the jar to can at home already has more nutrients in it because food that's allowed to fully mature on the vine has more nutrients in it and more vitamins. And then as soon as you remove that food from the plant, it starts to lose it. So if you can eat, go out and pick something and you eat it immediately or you can it at that point, it has more of the nutrients and the healthy things in it than the same piece of food that wasn't allowed to ripen on the vine or has been picked and has been sitting for a week as it's been shipped and is in shipping from you know farm to truck to the grocery store shelf till the time that you actually get it and bring it home. That's a big thing to consider too. And I think a lot of people don't consider that when they're doing the price comparisons and is it worth it? We have to talk about how much time does it take to can food at home, right? Because it does take time. I'm not going to lie to you. It takes time to can. However, I am still able to can over 300 jars of food every year while I still work as a pharmacy tech outside of the home and I commute to that job. 
I blogging, writing, doing this podcast. We do a fully operational homestead. So we have um, cattle and pigs and chickens and our garden and the fruit and, you know, all of that stuff. Plus my two kids and my husband. You may can up a lot of food at home and it can still be done even if you are working full time. In August, which is at the time of the recording of this podcast, in August here with our growing season in the Pacific Northwest, this is the busiest time of year, August and the first part of September for us, as far as preserving everything coming on in the garden, picking it and preserving it and doing it. So a lot of times in August, I will get up an hour earlier than I normal do, normally do before work in order to process a run of canning. So in order to can something, it, you know, it depends too on what you're actually canning. Now, if I'm going out and picking and then washing and snapping all of the green beans in order to do a run, that's about an hour and a half because I'm taking in the 10 minutes of venting time. And I usually can our green beans and pints at this point, 20 minute processing time, have an hour of just process, a half an hour, excuse me, of just processing time, which I have to be there present for. I can't you know, turn that on and leave. You know, usually about an hour, depending on what it is that you're canning, um, allowance time. And of course, once that's in the canner and going, I'm keeping an ear if I need to adjust the heat, if it's um, to make sure that it's staying at those pounds of pressure. But then I can do other things in the kitchen. Once I get that going, you know, then I'll go ahead and get breakfast and get our lunches packed and all that stuff and ready for the day. So it's an hour of time, but not all of that time is spent specifically on the canning. I can still do other things. You know, I can fold laundry as I'm listening to it and, you know, that kind of a thing. It does take time for sure, but I think it's well worth it. For me, too, is I try to pick methods that I know that are still safe because canning safety is a huge deal. But it's faster for me to raw pack and pressure can my vegetables, which is great in August, than it is to make jams and jellies or the sauces. Those typically take longer. What I'll do in the summertime, especially in August, like when I'm super busy, is I will freeze a lot of the fruit, as long as it's a candidate for freezing, to then make my, you know, jams and jellies and syrups and that kind of thing later in the year when I don't have all of the vegetables coming on in order to can. I do that a lot, especially with blackberries. I will just throw those in the freezer and then I will can those like the end of September, October, even further closer to Christmas time, actually. By canning, too, this is a time place where a lot of people don't consider how much time you're saving later when you're canning it at home. I'm taking the same amount of time to process and prep and then can 19 jars of food in one sitting. And that's if I'm running my full load of pint jars in the All-American canner, I can do 19 jars of food. Then come winter time, all I have to do is open up that jar, heat it, depending on what it is. Of course, your jams and jellies, you're not gonna heat. And then eat. So it's actually faster for me to can 19 jars of food than it is if I were to take that same amount of food and prep and cook it for 19 meals at each of those 19 meal times. Canning is truly the ultimate batch cooking. I have to say it's totally worth it because in the when we are running around and it's crazy and school's going and we have appointments or you know it's winter time and you're getting home late, I don't have to stop. I don't have to worry about takeout. I don't have to worry about fast food. And I don't have to worry about coming home and cooking this meal or wondering what to cook. I can just go to the pantry, open up those jars of food, heat it up, home-cooked, homegrown meal on the table within, you know, 15, 10 to 15 minutes, depending on what it is, maybe 20 minutes. Right there, that alone is so worth it for me to have your home canned food. Does it save money to can at home? Yes, it absolutely does if you're properly comparing the same home canned goods to the store-bought 
true comparison. If you're comparing it to the cheapest canned food you can find and you're only taking into consideration the price and you're not growing any of the food at home, then maybe not. But with home canning too, you're also controlling the ingredients that go into your food. I don't want high fructose corn syrup. I don't want GMOs. I don't want insane amounts of sugar in my jams and jellies. I don't want weird preservatives going into the food that I'm eating and I feed my family. In fact, my health demands it. I had a health scare. I battled with stomach issues and ulcers and had things biopsied. And the only way that I have been able to keep a handle on it for me is by cutting out a lot of these items in our food. And when I can it at home, I know without a doubt that it's not in there. I believe that you need to count the health costs as well when you're doing the price comparison and wondering if home canning food is worth it. So I think we safely answered that question. Is it worth the canned food at home? And it's a yes and mason jars raised high in both hands. Amen? <laughs> Having your shelves lined with food that isn't dependent upon a grocery store, and I know exactly what is in them, it's a feeling like no other. I literally go grocery shopping for my own pantry during an emergency, bad weather, when the power goes out. I don't have to worry about anything going bad because it's not all dependent upon a freezer or the fridge. Or if and when money gets tight, I know I've got jars of food ready to eat and I don't have to worry about meeting the grocery bill. And like I said, on a busy night, no fast food or worrying about dinner. Today's episode is sponsored by the Pioneering Today Academy and my Home Canning with Confidence eCourse. And I have created for you guys a very special free five video series to help you achieve this. So go to, you can actually grab the full transcripted episode of this podcast if you want to read through it. That's at melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button and it's episode number 88. And then you can also go there to grab the videos or you can just go to melissaknorris.com slash free videos. Either way, we'll take you there so you can get signed up. So it's five free videos designed to increase your self-sufficiency, including how to can safely at home because there are so many things that I see online, especially Pinterest um, and other blog posts that are saying it's okay to can a certain way or it's okay to can certain things that it absolutely is not. So canning safety is a big deal for me. So I, in that you get the video on how to safely can at home, including the do not can at home list, even with a pressure canner, how to operate a pressure canner, because I know so many of you are nervous about that pressure canner. It hisses. You've heard stories about them exploding and blowing up on people. So I walk you through that, how to know all the safety features and how they work on your pressure canner so you can operate it with confidence. And then also how to raw pack and can green beans because that's one of the big staples in our home food storage. I usually put up about 80 jars of green beans a year. Then because growing it yourself is super important, right? For us self-sufficiency homesteading people. And I not only to grow it yourself, but we want to get the maximum harvest out of what we're growing instead of having to plant more to get more food. I show you how to increase your tomato harvest and then also the ultimate in self-sufficiency, never buying garden seed from the grocery store again, is how to seed save. In the Pioneering Today Academy, which is my online membership course, the members in there voted on some of their favorite videos and that's how we picked for you to get access to these 
five free videos in this series. You will get that as pulled exactly straight from the Academy, totally free. So you can go and grab those. They are awesome. And I want to make sure that you get them. So MelissaKNorris.com slash free videos, or this is episode number 88. You can just grab that straight off of the website um, and they are ready to go for you. So thank you guys so much for joining me today. I hope that you are canning and that you know it is totally worth it. And like I said, I am such a numbers person. I always want to know the numbers. And I had never really done the math out before on exactly how much it was costing me to do the jars. And you will notice in this episode, I did not go into how much it costs to run your pressure canner electricity wise. And the reason for that is because most of the meats and the vegetables and the different things that I am canning, I would be using electricity to cook those items. I would be using electricity if I have them in my freezer, in the fridge anyways. And truthfully for the green beans, if I were to cook the green beans fresh, um, our pole beans are they are a thicker, I don't really know how to explain it. They're a thicker bean. They have a wonderful flavor, but they require longer cooking than just like a regular like French green bean. So if I'm cooking them fresh, they need to simmer on the stove for like an hour to an hour and a half to be fully done and to let the flavor totally develop in them. But if I'm canning them, it's a half an hour. Honest to goodness, it actually takes me less electricity to can them than it does if I was cooking them fresh. So I kind of figure the electricity evens itself out because I'm not running my freezer either to hold all of those foods for a year to two years before we get it that eaten. That's why I didn't include electricity cost in this. Plus everybody's rates are so different as well where you might happen to live. Anyhow, thank you so much for joining me on this episode and I look forward to next time. Make sure you go and you grab your free video series. So I will see you on the videos.